Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. You know, I've been saying most of 2021, I don't want to use the C word, the coach word. And when you think of me and you think of the C word, I want you to think connection. So I must give a shout out to a beautiful woman that I know and is a mutual friend and colleague of my guest today. So Stephanie Myers, here is your digital thank you for putting me together with this wonderful, amazing woman that I'm going to introduce now and tell everyone about. So I have Michelle Bailey with me this morning, and she is the president and CEO of a company called Blazing, and they are a branding boutique. So let me tell you a little bit about her. 24 years ago, she decided to channel her energy, her creativity, and her strategic thinking. And she had honed this over many, many years at other agencies. She distinguished herself by focusing first on her business goals and also the business goals of her clients in order to create the strategic marketing plans that are needed in today's climate for business growth. Michelle is also the founder of My Big Idea, which is a personal and professional goal-setting program. And there are so many things I want to talk to her about. So I'm going to quit talking about her and I want to talk to her. So Michelle Bailey, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be with you here today, Deb. You know what? I know you're not... uh, you're not shy of being on video or being behind the mic. So this is probably a treat that you're on the other side today. It's great to be on the other side, I have to say. I, You know what? I'm with you. When I'm on the other side, it's much more relaxing. So I want to talk. Let me, let me put some context before I ask my first leadership question. I know that you are the first Canadian international board member of the Women Presidential Organization, and you're also an active participant in other organizations like WBE Canada. And I know you do a lot of speaking, and I love that you are out there sharing your expertise. So my first leadership question is, share with me the moment when you had alignment with heart, gut, and mind, and you thought, I'm going to pack up all this wisdom and I'm going to go open my own business. You know, I've had that twice, actually, Deb. First, when I started blazing uh, 25, 24, 25 years ago, when where I was working, I wasn't happy. It was a broken culture. I didn't feel fulfilled and I hated going into work every day. So I had a uh, three-year-old at home and a two-month-old at home. And I thought, this is not the way life should be. I need to leave my great job with a great salary, and I need to do my own thing because I was not aligned in my heart, in my mind, and I was a very unhappy person at a time when I should have been happy. Young kids, a husband starting his own business, a good life, and I was miserable. 
you know, I don't have to tell you this, but it's something that you and I hear every day. And I love that we're on the opposite end of that spectrum to help people through that stage. I've been there myself. I don't think there's an entrepreneur, a startup, an executive who who can't join us in saying that they've been there. But the key is to do something about it. And you certainly have done that, my friend. But you know what, Deb? It came often at great cost, financially, emotionally, physically, mentally. But I chose to create my own world and my own life. And I needed to do that for me so I could show up to be the best version of me. Absolutely. Well said. And, you know, I like calling it failing forward. And there's nothing better than being an entrepreneur. And you know this better than anybody. You get an idea. Okay, well, let's act on it. Let's implement it. It doesn't always work. But to sit back and laugh at oneself, that's where the magic is. And it's like, at least I tried. And not everything works. But, you know, I always say to my colleagues and friends and even some of my executive clients, don't land up having the diagnosis, the self-diagnosis, the self-audit of landing in the world of what if I this? Because it's it's not fun to be on the other side of that spectrum and go, but what if I had a coulda, shoulda, woulda, just do it. I'm going to jump into my next question. It's the one that has permanent residency on the show. And I've asked it to all my guests. We did 100 leaders last year and we're we're doing the same this year in season two. Share with us, What imperfections Michelle brings to her heart-centered leadership? I am not scared to be transparent, vulnerable, and authentic. Like when I'm teaching the My Big Idea program, and I share through story, and I share by being vulnerable, transparent, and authentic myself, to watch people's mouths just kind of drop like, I can't believe she said that. I can't believe she said that out loud. So I tell people, you know what? Love me, hate me, whatever. I have a purpose here and my purpose is to help you get really clear on your goals, both personally and professionally. And because I want you to be really dead honest with yourself, I'm going to show you how I'm dead honest with myself so that once I know what I'm not good at, I can only change it if I choose. I can leave it as is or I can move forward. It doesn't matter, but at least I'm being honest and not trying to rationalize whether it be bad habits or bad behavior to anyone. This is who I am. So let's move forward if I want to get really clear on what I want to be when I grow up, so to speak. I love that answer. You made me think of something my Irish Nana used to say to me growing up. She'd be like, you can think whatever you like. You can call me whatever you like, but just don't call me late for dinner. I love that. I love the alignment of intention and it's powerful. And I think when we land in that mind space of that cognitive, emotional, almost intersection, we are truly limitless. That doesn't mean we're not going to fail forward, but we can still be limitless in our potential. And I love that you shared the struggles of getting there because that's the reality. That is the tangible reality. Now, I know you've got gratitude. I know it's part of your emotional currency. And I know that you've taken that to great heights and written a new book. So my next question is, tell us the moment when you decided I need to put my thoughts on paper and 
I'm going to let you tell us about your book, the name and, and how, just give us a little bit of that story and bring us into your world. Well, uh, the book uh, was launched April 13th of this year. It's a Forbes business book. It's called The Currency of Gratitude. It's about turning small gestures into big business results. It's a business book. So that's why I'm talking about small gestures to big business results. But in the book, I lay out in seven chapters how easy it is to implement gratitude, not only in your own life, but mostly to push it outward, Deb. While I know having a grateful heart and being grateful every day are core to all of us, this is about teaching people how the practice of gratitude will change your life, both personally and professionally. And the aha moment came to me um, about just a few years ago. I was asked to open up a woman's conference with a five-minute speech on my passion. So I was talking to my managing partner, Eric Marshall, and um, he says, so what are you going to talk about? I said, I'm going to talk about personal professional goal setting, what I do with my big idea, how I want people to get really clear about the six goal areas in their life, and then the other things called um, uh, reflection, refueling, health and wellness, finance and wealth, personal goals, professional goals, relationship goals, and gratitude goals. And he said, so you're going to talk about my big idea? I said, yeah. He said, Michelle, that's not your passion. I said, excuse me? Beg your pardon? It is my passion. He said, no, you love my big idea, but your passion is gratitude. And then he walked out of the room. And I looked at him and thought, who is he to tell me who my passion is? But you know what? When someone points out to you the obvious that you don't see in yourself, listen, he saw me come alive when I talked about gratefulness, gratitude, appreciation, building awesome cultures, you know, rewarding people in different ways. So he saw what I didn't see. And Forbes also saw that. They saw that because they heard about the My Big Idea program. This creative chick who teaches people how to get really clear on their goals. But what they heard is when I end every session with teaching people how to express gratitude. This is when they made the call up and they said, Bailey, could you write a book, 50,000 words on gratitude in business? And I said, yeah, I can write a book. I don't need 50,000 words. 30,000 would do. Let's make it simple. Let's make it direct. Let's make it clear. And let's get that message of gratitude out. Because in order for leaders to lead better and build the kind of environments and culture, employee engagement, they need to learn to appreciate the people down from them, the people equal to them, suppliers, strategic partners, clients. I just want to show people how easy it is because it has made a lasting difference in my life and continues to do so. That's powerful. I'm looking forward to getting your book. We're going to talk about that after. Okay. You know, five years ago on my 50th birthday, I was gifted a gratitude journal. And I had often noted daily gratitude. And this journal that I was given just gave me more structure and more discipline. And I've been doing it for five years. And I've had friends and colleagues say, but what do you do on a bad day? There are no bad days. There are no bad days. I'm going to repeat that for our listeners. You're allowed to have an off day, but 
when you start your day with gratitude and then you set your intention and you don't overbook and allow white space in your schedule, and then you end the day and just kind of have that audit and that recap, everything just goes as I planned it. And the days it doesn't, I'm the first to have a laugh and say, well, that day went sideways, but here's what I'm grateful for before I lay my head down on my pillow. So I love the name of it. I love that you've equated currency to one of the best emotions that we are gifted as human beings. Well, you know what, for me, and I often ask, why would you put the word currency with the word gratitude? And it's actually my son who said to me, because I was originally going to call it the business case for gratitude. He said, mom, you got to look at gratitude like currency. It's like money. You need to invest it to get something back. Because if you're taking cash and you're putting it under your mattress, it does nothing for you. Doesn't get interest, doesn't get spent, doesn't get given away. Just like gratitude, it is currency. When you invest it, when you give it away, the returns are immense, immense. I write handwritten gratitude cards five to 10 a week. I'm mailing six today. I spend so much money on beautiful cards because I feel there's nothing better than getting a beautiful card hand-selected for you with an incredible message on how someone has impacted your day. Just let them know. An email's not the same. A call's not the same. They're all good. But when you take a moment to write it out with your, your scribbled handwriting, I don't have the best handwriting. I get more thank yous on my thank yous than you ever imagined. Well, you've got a soul sister here because I'm the same. I try and do one a day. So I'm about five a week. There's something about taking a deep breath and pausing, and I put this in my calendar. It's it's part of my white space. And I grab a beautiful pen. And like you, I buy a lot of cards from local artists. I live in London, Ontario, and there's so many, and I'm always buying all their cards. I love supporting them as women. I love supporting a local business. And I love that their art is on this beautiful card, and they pick beautiful cardstock. But I love the moment of being different. And I think that's a nice way to tie up this this leadership conversation. There's nothing that excites me more that when I open my mailbox and I see a handwritten card and the first thought that comes to my mind is somebody's still like I am. And I can hear my Nana, you know, she's looking down going, you keep doing that. Um, That was one of the things that I did really well in school. I'm left-handed and... I had really, really beautiful penmanship. And it's something that I've never let go of, even though computers and typing and typewriters and all this technology emerged as we age through the decades. I feel solace when I sit down to write a card. And I have to take my time because I'm left-handed and I'm always worried I'm going to smear the ink. And I just, when I, when I put it in the mail, I, I send it with love and joy and gratitude. And I get what you're saying I get a lot of thank yous on my thank yous because someone's like, thank you for 
taking the time to send it. The last time I went to the post office was about a month ago. <laughs> and the girl saw me coming and I could just see the look on her face. Like I had, a, I came in with a big, a big bucket full of big envelopes, all of different shapes and sizes to send out. And she just said, oh my goodness, how long did this take? And I said, about a week. And the feeling I get, I, I am right with you, Michelle. I know the feeling that you speak of. It gives you a more grateful heart. It does. It's It makes us heart-centered. And we are imperfect, which is why I love the name of this podcast. I love promoting imperfection. I think it's awesome. Like, if you're going to be a leader and be different, hold up your imperfect flag. I want to mention about your son. What a beautiful mom moment for you. So look at the the morals and the values and the beliefs you've instilled in your son. And, and I love that cliche. And I know branding people hate cliches, but I'm going to give you one. The branch doesn't fall far from the tree there. You know what, Deb, you're absolutely right. He is a mirror that just kind of looks back at me and my goodness, he lets me get away with nothing, nothing. You know, he comes here every weekend with his girlfriend and you know what? He, his mind is thinking in the way he just kind of looks at things and, and challenges me on my leadership or kindness or different things with members, you know, whether it be family members, he just kind of brings me always back to center as my daughter does too. I dedicated the book to my family because I think I actually put in something. I hope this has done you proud. I think I started with to whom much is given, much is expected. I hope this is the least that you expect from me. That's beautiful. Okay, my fourth question. I can't I cannot not ask you a question around branding. I don't have to tell you this, but I want to say it for the listeners because I know people are listening and they might be apprehensive and even fearful to ask. Can you please eloquently explain to people what a brand is? And I know that's a big, big question, but I think people see logos and names and slogans. And I think there's a misconstrued there for people that they get caught in that wave of misperception. So I would love for you to just eloquently unpack what is a brand? Okay, I'll do it in two ways. So a brand in its simplest form in the way I experience or want to define a brand is it's a promise. It's a promise that a company has made to you. That's their brand. But I will also tell you the brand or marketing is everything that you see and don't see. It's the way they answer the phone, tone and manner, content, the office, interior, exterior, the way people show up or don't show up, the loyalty they inspire, the brand champions they inspire, and how they treat their customers in all areas, both traditional and digital, including social media. I knew you were going to give me this amazing answer. It's all encompassing of who we are, verbal, nonverbal, it's everything. And it's fun, it's fun to look at brands. If I, I just want to add one more question. Is there one brand that really sticks out to you over your life 
where you see the image or you might hear their slogan? Is there one that you really engraved on your heart? Because I'll share mine with you after you tell me yours. But I remember mine from being a young girl. And still to this day, if I'm ever in a in that type of conversation and someone says, is there a brand or one that really sticks out? That one always anchors me back. So I would love to know if you have one. You know what, Deb? I work on so many brands that my mind is like a deck of cards. There's no one brand for me that stands out because my job as a marketer is often to look at the imperfections or where you're not being on brand to correct it. So that one has me stimmied because I, not one comes to mind for me. When you hear mine, you're going to go, oh, okay, I'm with you. Okay, which one? Mine is Hallmark, when you care enough to send the very best. You know, okay, I'm totally with you. And I will tell you what came to mind when I thought I'm looking around my office. Papyrus cards, because they're handcrafted and they take so much time and they give people great pleasure. So on the same page as you. And you know what? You have to take out that little piece of paper so you take it out of the the beautiful clear package with the easy to to the, the little glue is so easy and then you have to take off the nice cardboard that they have to protect the image and then you write your card and then you put it in this beautiful envelope i even enjoy licking their envelopes they don't even taste bad <laughs> see i knew i pulled one out of you i knew i was going to get one Amazing. Papyrus cards. I'm with you. I love them. I love anything that's handmade or like you talked about earlier before when you were talking about your passion. I can feel and sense the passion in the card. I almost feel like I joined them in the mindset when they were painting. I am not an artist. I am. I couldn't paint to save my life. I, I'm, I'm an abstract artist. But when I look at what these artists have done locally, it's anchored in a memory for them. And I just, the talent and people keep the cards because they're so beautiful. Like on my bookshelf, I have so many cards. I have to keep rotating them. And when I put them away in the drawer, I keep them. And then I still have a memory box from when I was a medical case manager. And every once in a while on those days where we might be having a dip, I don't call them bad. Let's call them dip days. I open that memory box and I just have to read a few cards and it's almost like it's not a gratitude reset. I'm going to call it a cognitive reset because we all need those once in a while because sometimes leadership can be really lonely. Totally agree. And I've got those memory boxes too of cards. And actually, you're going to love this, Deb. My staff knows how much cards mean to me. They created a wall in my office. I was way on holiday And it was uh, those beautiful padded, um, and they started putting up all the gratitude cards, cards people were sending me after my big idea workshop. And they made a wall of gratitude for me because they know I needed reminders on those dip days that I'm making a difference. Well, you're two hours away from me in Toronto. So I'm going to be coming to see that wall. I think I just invited myself to your office. That's okay, though. That's leadership, right? I'm taking initiation. You are taking initiation. (laughs) And you know what? It's interesting, Deb. I tell people, so people say to me often, back to the branding, 
how do you know if you have a good culture? I say, you know, when you walk into an office, what the culture is. So what I tell clients who are considering hiring Blazing or my big idea, they say, do me a favor, walk into my office. Here's my address. Don't tell us when you're coming. Don't tell me when you're coming. Just walk in, whatever. Anytime from 730, you can tell if we're the company you want to work with because you will feel it when you come through the door and either it works for you or it doesn't. But I set out to do what I wanted to do 25 years ago, and that's create an awesome culture where people feel engaged, appreciated, I'm attracting the right people, and I'm retaining them. What I love about that is you don't have to be hurried to prepare. Come when you want. We'll welcome you when you get here. That's You can't get any more authentic than that. That's beautiful. Okay, I'm going to switch to my Fab Four, just four rapid questions. We'd love to know what's on that the top of that brilliant branding mind of yours. First question, tell our listeners something that we don't know about you. I am personally am here to create memories. I scrapbook and I have done over 52 scrapbooks. Because I capture my memories and they bring me joy when I share them, give them away. That's beautiful. My Irish Nana used to say scrapbooks were heirloom memories. I only have two. I don't have 50. So good, good for you. Second question. Please finish this sentence for me. Heart-centered leadership is? Being authentic, vulnerable, transparent, and real. Love that. I never get the same answer on that question. I need to make a poster of all the answers. That's beautiful. Now, aside from your own book, question three, what's the last book that you read or one that you're reading right now that you'd love to share with the listeners, share with us the title and the author and why you chose to read it? It's Grit and it's Angela Duxworth, I think is the name. It's right over here because during the unprecedented time we've all found ourselves in, When you have dip days, you need to find your grit and keep moving forward. AKA Emotional Agility 101. It's a great book. Are you done it? No. Oh, you're going to love it. It's a great book. It's one of those ones where you lick your finger and turn the page and go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. You, uh, I like the way she writes it. And she did a wonderful podcast with Brene Brown, if you haven't listened to it. Okay, my last question What would you like our listeners to remember about Michelle Bailey? I want you to remember that gratitude is a verb in my world. And when you answer seven questions authentically and give them to somebody else, you will change your relationship. One word that describes you. You came into my life. You bring me joy by you inspire me because I want to add to our journey together. And I want to thank you for gratitude. Remember me for gratitude. I think you are about gratitude. I love the way that you have framed that. And I would like to end the show just adding one point to that and definitely want you to hone in on, on your thoughts and emotions around it. Gratitude can easily be a daily practice. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be many things. 
because it's a combination of our cognition, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and then the action verb, like you said, the doing, but it doesn't have to be something. It can be a gesture. It can be a conversation. So one of the things that I hear a lot in business, and this is where I'd love for you to weigh in, especially now with your book, I'm a connector. That's the C word for me. That's the C word associated with my name, with my brand. And when I meet someone, much like Stephanie wanted to connect you and I because she knew we were like-minded. So I'm often connecting people or sending cards or sending something. And I'll get an email or a phone call and say, Deb, you have done A, B, C, and I have done nothing for you. Gratitude is a verb, but it's not done with the intention of reciprocation. What are your thoughts on that? Deb, I wholeheartedly agree with you. When I give gratitude or I give energy or I give what someone needs, I have no expectation of anything coming back. But what I will tell you is it shows up in mysterious ways when you least expect it. But don't give it away thinking you're getting something back. It's a gift you are giving to someone else. Absolutely. It is a gift. And it doesn't have to have currency. It is a currency, but not currency in the respect of reciprocation. So any of you listeners, when you do a kind gesture, you're doing it for simply that. It's, a, it's an extension of your gratitude as a verb. And the gesture can be whatever's in your heart. And I am so thankful that Stephanie introduced us. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to continue conversations with you. And I'm just honored that you took the time to share your experience, your expertise, but more importantly, your heart today on the show. It was lovely to have you. Deb, it was fabulous to be here. You have awesome energy. Well, I do my best. It's, it's heart-centered and it's full of gratitude. So you've picked up on that. Wishing you continued success. I'm excited to get a copy of your book and we will list all of Michelle's details below in the podcast episode description. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.